0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A couple of things more about the Jets. One, like before the season, we all have our expectations, right? We all think, oh, it's going to go this way, it's going to go that way. And there's certain narratives that are set. There are certain statements that are made that people say, oh, that's, that might be true. That might not be true. One of the popular narratives that I heard before this season with the Jets was, It doesn't matter how this season goes, really, because everyone will be safe. This is, I mean, coming into the year, there were no expectations, really, for the Jets to make the playoffs or to win double-digit games or anything like that. And I heard a lot of, the Jets don't have to have a good season for everyone to be back next year, the quarterback, the coach, the GM, everybody. Well, if they have a bad season, I think we've already seen that that is not true. It took one week and the coach is already you know, saying what he's saying and, and, and fans are already getting uh, kind of fed up. Because again, it's not about wins and losses per se, although you're going to have to win some games. It doesn't look like there's been any... There was no progress last week. If I showed you the video of that game, you would not have known that that was any different than the last couple of years. So you cannot go out and be... If the Jets end up with another top five pick in the draft this year, I'm sorry. It, you have to really start to evaluate things and, and think about making some, some major changes, major changes. You can't continually go out there and be the worst team in the sport, you know, one of the, the five worst teams in the sport year after year. And for everybody, you will talk about, well, you got to have patience. you gotta, you got to show continuity. Good organizations don't change the head coach every couple of years. Yeah, well, good organizations show you that they have a kind of a clue of what's going on. And again, it's only one game. The season's not over yet. But based on what you saw, it did not exactly fill you with a whole lot of confidence. And I will just say, we've talked about the quarterback plenty. We've talked about the head coach plenty, especially this week. But to me, the other one that has to be in the focus, if it does turn out that this is another lost season, is the GM. And I would just say this. I know a lot of Jet fans still believe in Joe Douglas. They like what he did. He won the draft, all this different stuff. I hear all this great stuff in the offseason doesn't ever translate to the regular season. Any. The two major decisions your GM has to make is about finding the right coach and finding the right quarterback. And though, I mean, it's not even close. Whatever's third on the list is a distant third. And really, the only debate right now for the Jets is which one of those is the bigger question mark. Is it the coach or is it the, is it the quarterback? I mean, they're both major questions. It would be hard for them not to be major questions into one game into year two, but there's more questions than you would like right now for both of them. For both of them. All right, let's go back to the phones. one 800 espn is the telephone number. Pat is in Morristown. Pat, you're next up on the Gordon Daniel Show.
1: What's going on, you, uh taking my call, I just wanted to say um, about the Jets. I really think it's um had to do with the coaching and not the players. I think we got a lot of talent. But uh for the coach to come out, say things like that, man, we just need, like, watching the game, I just see the Jets, they quit. I don't think it's the players quit because they didn't have the skills to beat the Ravens. I think they didn't have the leadership. So it goes back to the coaching.
0: Well, I'll say this, Pat, they did not come out with any uh, real intensity that you would like for the, the first game of the season, especially not on offense. It felt very flat from the get go. It did not feel like um, that there was any any fire that uh, the first week of the season would give you. And it just feels like a replay. It feels like watching the same movie over and over again. So I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know if that's leadership so much. I guess it is to a certain degree, but I think it's just coaching, right? I mean, I think that that's just coaching. And I get it. It's a bad hand to be dealt to you that you're forced to go with your backup quarterback. Uh, In week one, the season opener, a time where everybody has hope and everybody has expectations of what their team can be, everybody 0-0 but to come out there and, and be just as, as non-competitive as they were and again that was a cl- the defense gave you a chance to be in that game the defense held that game you know going into that game i don't think that there were a lot of expectations that the jets were going to win that game but at halftime it was still a game you had done a good job on, um, uh, on the ravens offense they did not run wild lamar jackson wasn't wasn't clowning you so, you were in that game for a half, and that's really all you got. And the offense just never made a play. You know, you can't expect the defense to hold them down the entire day. You have to, at some point, expect the offense to give you something. And it's, it's interesting to me as well that when Zach Wilson went down, uh, Robert Salas said that, well, you know, one of the reasons we have confidence is we feel like we have three starting quarterbacks. And then they made the decision fairly quickly to go to Joe Flacco. But then this week, it it seemed like there was a a time where they were evaluating it about what they were going to do with week two and then came out and said, no, we're going to stick with Joe Flacco. And it was really never that much of a decision. Well, then, which is it? Do you have three stars? Because if one starting quarterback and Joe Flacco looked like he did and is not exactly set up for success, given his age, given the issues on the offensive line, given his ability to get outside the pocket and make plays... I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's set up for any success this week. If it wasn't set up for success last week, but you're sticking with that decision, it doesn't feel like uh, things are, are are breaking the right way for you. And, and it would make me question whether like, were you really evaluating whether to make a change at quarterback, or was that the decision you were going to go with the entire time that it was going to be Joe Flacco again? Because if it was, if he gave you that performance last week, you're you're facing off the team you're facing off against this week, and you didn't evaluate making a change at all really well then you can't tell me you got three starting quarterbacks stop it. uh let's go to uh, frankie is in the car frankie you're next up on the gordon damer show
1: yes um i went to the game and we literally left at halftime my point is that you just felt offensively that they were just stale and but my thing is that it's a long drive most of the fan base is in new york If they they were like this bad and they were closer to New York, you know, it would be a different story. But it's just, it's terrible torture to to do this to us. If they're going to put out this type of product
0: and make us drive
1: all the way over there, (laughs) forget it.
0: Yeah, I hear you, Frankie. Uh, It's, it's, you know, an NFL game is not an easy, uh, you know, you don't just pop in and pop out, right? It's a full day, you're... You're, 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 you're gone the whole day, right? Especially if you live in New York, you got to deal with the traffic getting there, the, 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 the parking lots and everything else. No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, hopefully that things can, we, we get, and I don't even think that they have to necessarily win the game tomorrow against the Browns, but they got, you got to show up. It cannot be another double digit loss. If you go out there and you lose by a field goal, you lose, you know, a, a, a 17-14 game, I think that people would be willing to accept that to a certain degree, but you can't get blown out again. It can't be like last week. You got to start showing me something at some point. Let's go out to uh, Joshua is in Brooklyn. Joshua, you're next up on the
1: show. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, Obviously I'm frustrated like all the other Jets fans, but I think we have to take it back a step and um, appreciate the culture that Salah has built and understand that these injuries do play a significant impact. And, it's kind of impossible to plan against them. Um, what happened to Zach was tragic. Obviously, he sort of went out of bounds. He sets everything. But having two blows to the offensive line, backed in, and then bringing Brown in and having him go down and again and switching fans to the other side, there's so many moving parts. And I think the defense looked really great, and it shows a lot of promise. And I think we need to just give him time. Uh, I think the culture he built is really special. It's something we haven't really experienced oh, what, since what Rex what was with us.
0: Well, what, 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 Joshua, what culture? What culture? That players are coming. They want to play for Zola. Who? Who wants to come? Dwayne Brown because he, he signed a con- – I mean, again, thanks for the phone call. You're talking about, well, we had injuries. Those are guys that were always major qu- – you, you, the, the, the injuries that you're talking to about the offensive line, one was Makai Becton, who was a major question mark coming into the season and certainly seemed like he was headed toward Bustville in, in terms of an NFL pick. The 11th pick in the draft. And the other guy was a 37 year old who you signed off uh, a free agency a month ago. It wasn't, you didn't go into free agency and say, oh, you know, we're going to target Dwayne Brown. No, it was because you had now major questions along the offense. And to think, uh, you can spin it however you want, to think that we would be at this stage of the Joe Douglas regime and we would still be talking about the offensive line. Come on, is it me? Am I taking crazy pills? We're still talking about the offensive line? Think about all the resources. It's almost like Gettleman. Gettleman spent a lot of resources along the offensive line with the Giants. Didn't spend them well. But we're still talking about the offensive line with the Jets. If if this is what progress looks like, it's going to have to come a little quicker than this. You can't – I mean, like at the beginning of the year, I said the, the, the line, you know, the line for the Jets is obviously the over-unders, five under and a half, six wins. That's bottom line, man. you got to be able to win. You can't be winning when you're two wins to four wins to six wins. That The progress should be coming a little faster than this. Come on already. Give me something. Give me give me something to work with. Let's go out to uh, Dennis in Jersey. Dennis, you're next up on the Gordon Tamer Show.
2: I agree with you a little bit on the progress. But you also got to remember, he literally built this thing back down. He tore it to the studs, and he's building it back through the draft. So it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, the defense looked phenomenal in the first half. They killed themselves. They shot themselves in the foot so much on offense when they were moving the ball. But the game was a lot closer than the final
1: score. I mean, let's be honest. What? But,
2: but Dennis, did you, you ever feel in
0: like game. in the second half the Jets were going to make a run and make that a game? I mean, it was not a game in the second half. It was but a it game in the first half. either,
2: as bad as you're making the team. Yes, the final score made it seem like that. But it was it 24-9? What was the, the final numbers score? numbers don't add up to what the score was. We missed a field goal. There
0: would have been 10-6 at halftime. Okay, I mean, that's part of the game. You missed a field goal. I mean, that's another problem that the Jets had special the game, teams so They had eight, a terrible eight, punt eight, again. And so you. I, mean, you, I mean, you're a Dolphins fan. Don't act like the Dolphins went from 0 and something this to, all of a being to a of This has nothing to do with the Dolphins. Super Bowl. This has nothing to do. The Dolphins stink. I tell you all the time how bad the Dolphins are. This has nothing to do with the Dolphins. But I'll tell you what. But the if I was young, sitting here and older, trying to tell you, well, you know what? The Dolphins won two games one year, four games the next year, and might win six games the following year, nobody would say, well, that's that's solid progress you're making there. Another seven years, you might be in the playoffs. I mean, you got to – I mean, come on, Dennis. There was no point in that game last uh, week where the Jets thought – You thought the Jets were in that game. What's that? It takes wide receivers three years to become legit NFL players. No, it does not. It does not make sense. Yes, it it. does. No, it does not. No, it does not. Take a look at the receivers already that make impacts almost immediately in the league. Did did it take Justin Jefferson three uh, three years to show you that he was a good receiver? I just said exclude Jefferson Chase. Right, and right. Lamb, Those guys are high, high picks. You're taking high picks. Why? Why do your picks not all of a sudden burst out like their picks do? You took a pick. What you took a wide receiver at 10 in the, in the draft. Round? I know. And did you see what he did this week? He looked phenomenal. He played half he of the, the offensive plays. They didn't even and play exactly, him that much. But if you actually watch the game, the
2: film, go back and use the NFL Plus. This film, where if Zach was on the
1: field. Wilson is running wide open. Flacco just doesn't see it because he's not mobile. If Zach okay. is back there able to use his legs, we have a couple of touchdowns. I guarantee you. If Zach could
0: get it <laughs> if, 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 Dennis, I, I uh, mean, if, I get if, what you're saying. You're right. But, oh, you if, know what? If, if, if Zach Wilson were Zach back there with the offensive line play that they had, he might not be there this week. He's mobile, but he might be mobile. Yeah, he, he would have been running for move. his life. He had a better chance with you at quarterback than Flacco. Yeah, I, I w- look, Jen- Dennis. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know about that for sure. But uh, I think that uh, it, it could not be. I, I would not think it's going to be that much worse if you had Mike White in there. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, I, I did not. I, I can understand how Jet fans are frustrated because they've seen Flacco a lot here, and it's ne- it's never really looked good. It's never really looked good, and now they realize that almost certainly. Well, they certainly have them for, for this week, and they'll probably have them for next week, too. And, and now you're starting another season where you're talking about 0-3. I mean, it's just it's the same old story, man. And and, and yet there are – I guess there are still some people that are like, hey, you just be patient, be patient. Bob is an Edison. Bob, you're next up on the Gordon show. Good
3: afternoon, Gordon.
0: How you doing? I'm good, man.
1: I was enjoying your
0: show, and the poll are two back – just made me irate where I had to phone it, <laughs> The in. Robert Sala culture call? Yes, and his coaching <laughs> ability. This is the guy who gave up 50 to the Patriots without
1: Brady or Randy Moss or Wes Welker. This is the guy in London who let Kyle Pitts run wild. The Falcons had one weapon in that game and Pitts just went off. This is the guy it, I'm just as frustrated as could be. I mean, he, it's like Salah got a pass last year from the media, more or less. You know, he was on his honeymoon his first year. But let me tell you something. He was awful. You see that Thursday night game against the Colts?
0: Oh God, that was that that would that. I, mean, I don't I mean, know that that was definitely the low point, but that was a pretty low point. Boy, that was that was. That rough... was
1: that was Nebraska of the eighties versus Iowa, <laughs> I Iowa State. Even Aiken, we couldn't believe it. This is a professional team, allegedly. And we weren't making contact with Jonathan Taylor six, seven, eight
2: yards past the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah. Well, look. I, I mean, I, I mean
2: I, what, are, what are my fellow Jet fans looking at?
0: I, I don't, Bob. I am not sure. I am I'm not sure. Um, and uh, you know, just for the the caller who was saying about uh, you know it takes receivers uh, three full years. Uh, it didn't seem like uh, Garrett Wilson. If you gave him some some opportunity. I th- I think it's clear just in the one game, yeah, that guy's got a, a lot of talent, but they didn't play him nearly enough. And you take a look at le- the receivers around the league. Y- you know, Jamar Chase, yes, obviously. Justin Jefferson, obviously. Um, Jalen Waddell last year is a rookie. Uh, St. Brown with the with the Lions right away. I mean, there's lots of receivers that are breaking out year one, year two. This is not the same old league where, um, you, you think that, oh, you know, it's going to be a few years before you can tell for sure what these guys are going to turn out to to be. Um, and Garrett Wilson, again, if you're telling me it's going to take him three years, which I don't think it will. I think he's, he, he seems like he's got a lot of talent right now. Well, then maybe that was not the right pick for an organization that needs some success here, man. Can't be just about three. Can't just be always about, well, what's the highest uh, highest ceiling every time? How about getting a little bit of credibility and, and some, some now? It's not just about the future. Can't keep peddling the future when the present is as bad as it is. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Man, what a different feeling it is for both teams based on just one game between the Giants who the fan base is completely sold already on the new regime they're loving it brian dable oh my god i'm I'm waiting to see people come with tattoos of brian dable pretty soon another win and it very well might happen and then on the on the other side um for all the changes that the giants made this offseason immediate results and for the jets it feels like a lot of the same old song and dance And I brought this up last week uh, when we were talking about optimism for the season, and it did seem like, for most, there was more optimism about the Jets because, again, the Jets are further along in the turnaround process, right? This is year two for the head coach. This is year two for the quarterback. This is year four for the GM. So you would like to think that there has been a little bit more established there, whereas with the Giants... To me, they are this year where the Jets were last year, evaluation year. Let's find out what you have on the roster. Do you have the quarterback? What parts of this roster are going to be long-term pieces at least the next couple of years uh, for this team that is trying to get back to respectability? So I could understand why some people thought, yeah, more optimistic about the Jets. I was more optimistic about the Giants. I did not expect to win last week. I'll be the first to tell you that. But already you're starting to see something. They gave you something to go on. Even if they go out and lose this week, at least last week they gave you something. And I said, if if the Jets come out, it will be bad for the Jets. But if the Giants come out and have a surprising year after being as bad as the Jets have been, I think that I think it's fair for Jet fans to be saying, wait a second, what what are we doing? Well, you know, the Jets are coming off, uh, you know, they have to remake the talent of the team. The Giants are coming off Dave Keltner. I mean, come, on, you can't make that argument when the other team has had their own issues in terms of supplying talent. So um, it's about time that we start to see something from the Jets. You have to see something this year. Uh, Now, I did think that it was we brought up earlier about uh, Garrett Wilson and played only half of the offensive snaps in the opener. And keep in mind, in an opener, where the Jets threw the ball 59 times. So it was interesting this week to hear from the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, about throwing the ball fifty nine times, and then also about Garrett Wilson. Here is his um, his explanation about Garrett Wilson.
2: He didn't get obviously the rep count that we all wanted. Uh, I think Salas talked about kind of our initial plan going in with some thirteen and stuff like that. Um, when you're not moving the ball in the first quarter, outside of two chunk plays, but but again, not being able to convert on third down, we we didn't get the rotation of personnel groups that that we initially wanted.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I the explanation of you well, know, he doesn't know all the different routes and everything else. I understand you want to to put him in position where you know everything and you're ready to go. I also think that there is something to be said for just his undeniable talent that you saw even with him only playing half of the offensive snaps last week. So you have to be able to figure out whatever he does well, take what he does well right now and utilize that. That's what coaching is. It's not about saying, well, you have to know my system, and you have to know this and that, and you have to know every single position. What can you do well right now, and I will tailor my system to fit your talents rather than having your talents fit my system? Because at this point, uh, go around the league. Receivers are coming into the league and making immediate impacts. Immediate. It's, this is not a rare, it's not just Jamar Chase and, and Justin Jefferson. A.J. Brown, his second year in the league, he had 1,100 yards and double-digit touchdowns. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, second year in the league, had double-digit touchdowns and probably 1,000 yards. You saw Jalen Waddell last year do the same thing. Um, Amon, Saint, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown with the, the Lions, immediate impact. You have to have got Rashad Bateman last week, immediate impact, even for a team that doesn't uh, throw the ball as as much as others. So you have to be able to get your skill position players that you took again. 10th pick in the draft. That's not a that's not a pick just for you know three years down the road. That guy should be coming in and immediately making an impact. All right, let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine. ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Mark is in Monmouth. Mark, you're next up on the Gordon Damer show.
2: Thanks for taking my call, Gordon. Hey, Mark. Um, let me let me just um you know, agree with two things before I get to my main point. First off, you know, I do think that we've seen Joe Flacco enough. I'm not a Jeff fan. We, we haven't seen Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's done. That's number one. Number two, um, he, so Mike White should be in number two. I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, like Garrett Wilson, these receivers, like look at Drake London, played a, yep. a very good Maybe. defense in New Orleans last week and looked pretty darn good out there. So there's no reason why Garrett Wilson – can't be contributing but my main point is and I'm going to say this as like I said I'm not a Jets fan but I would trade Robert Salah okay if I could trade coaches with the team that I'm a fan of the San Francisco 49ers because that head coach is a game a loss away from tearing a locker room if it's already too late apart because Kyle Shanahan decided to go all the way up and trade picks for a guy he's not even sure of after a guy that took him to the Super Bowl and that Super Bowl was not Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. It was Kyle Shanahan's fault. Just like the Falcons one. Because he is a me guy. That's all he cares about. He wants everybody to look at him because everyone thinks, oh, because he has the last name of of a Shanahan, that he's as good. Well, let me tell you something. He needs to get out of San Francisco. I would trade Robert Sala for Kyle Shanahan any day of the week. I think Jet fans need to get Zach Wilson back. Hopefully he's healthy. And hopefully we see some progress. Thanks, Gordon.
0: All right, Mark. Uh, I would, uh, if I were the Jets, I would make that trade every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. You want to bring in Kyle Shan? Uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I know the first couple of years there were rough. I think he won ten games the first two years, but they they went to a Super Bowl. They won ten games last year. That quarterback decision does seem very puzzling. It it, it was shrouded in controversy even at the time when they made up that that trade to trade up with Miami to the third pick, and then they took Trey Lance. And with his performance this past week, there were already questions coming into the season. Now, they did play in in terrible conditions. I thought last year in the short time that he played Trey Lance that he was was obviously raw, but he showed you some things. And his mobility, I I think, can obviously be a a major weapon, but there are major questions about uh, whether or not... You know, the fact that, that Jimmy G was seen going into the offseason as, oh, he'll be someplace else, and he's still there, and, it, you know, the next team that Jimmy G starts for, I <laughs> would think it's it's very likely going to be the 49ers at some point because they have a very veteran team, and it feels like that they are one more bad offensive performance from the quarterback away before guys are going to start uh, making that 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 feeling known. Uh, because they are not going to live through the growing pains if the growing pains are going to look anything like they looked like last week. Again, that game against the Bears was played basically in a monsoon. But from what I, I didn't watch every single snap of that game, but it was, it was a rough look for uh, for, for Trey Lance. And that, that decision, it always seemed kind of strange. It, it, there was a lot of talk that uh, Mac Jones was going to be the pick there. Trey Lance did not have... He, you knew coming into the league he was going to be very raw, and uh, that, that has certainly been the case so far. And, and and having a raw quarterback with a team that is ready to win now, and the Niners are built to win now with the defense and weapons and everything else, uh, that could get uh, that could get very ugly very quickly. Uh, Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on, pal?
3: Hey, I uh, want to go over something from last night. I stand corrected. I know people come in and out, but, uh, you know, you have your own fans. I mentioned the Dodger thing with the Mets and the Braves. Remember that discussion about the yeah. odds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I misquoted, you know, I'm a little I'm old and I'm forgetting. I said Kershaw was out. He's come back. I meant, uh, now I forgot the guy. Who's oh, the best yeah, yeah, yeah. Bueller's out for the whole year. And, and honestly, the last two years, Bueller's been better than Kershaw. I'm yes. sure you'd agree with that. Yes. But but I'm, I'm looking at it now, and I'm, obviously it's not a gambling show, but I'm still trying to you know, wrap myself around this. Right now the Dodgers are plus 140 to win the pennant, and the Mets are plus 250, and the Braves are plus 400. Look, I know they're behind technically a half again. And I I, I, I don't dislike the Mets. You know, Larry likes them, he's a friend. I just I can't understand the Braves because I think the Braves maybe overall I agree with you, Gordon. I think the Dodgers are overrated. I really do.
0: Yeah, I do. I really
3: do. With the division they're playing and the Braves. And this is going on. And it just, I've heard no play on this because it's a Met Town and Yankee Town. The Braves, the second half of the year, have to be near one of the greatest records in the history of baseball at a 162 schedule, right? Uh, Well,
0: what they've done, yeah, I mean, they were. Up until recently, they were on a pace to have one of the greatest second halves, but they've cooled off here in the, oh, last, they like to the, in the last two right. months. So, were they like something like 60 and 20, something like that? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what the exact record was, but, I mean, look, they, it felt like they won every single day. So, yeah, they they probably were – I know they were playing like 700 baseball.
3: Yeah, that's right, and, and maybe a little better. They were – in the second half up to the last road trip, they were what the Yankees were in the, in the first two months. But, but be it as it may, now, on a football tomorrow – I know, I know how you feel about your dolphins. You know, you 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 always say it on the air, so I'm not misquoting you. You go, I, I if I if I bet a team, it's my team. If I lose, if they if I win the bet, uh, I'd rather lose the bet. You know, you have that whole you know reverse psychology right. theory. Uh, yes. But this is a big game for them tomorrow, and uh, they played great last week. And the whole thing is the overreaction to the first week. You, you would think the Giants won the Super Bowl, yes. but the only thing I'm taking that. Right, right. The only thing I'm taking out of, of, of last week is the Jets. And when I hear my buddy Ira throw the towel in on him, you know, and he sees everything, you know, in Jet Green, which is wonderful. You know, you love your team. But uh, I can't talk to a buddy of mine. I can't understand how Robert Sala didn't think, and I'm hearing a lot of negative talk. You know, I listen most of the time. A lot of negative talk about the way he handled himself. Because he made so many mistakes in the offensive breakdown of that game. First of all, he should have gone for it on that fourth down play. He just doesn't seem like he's ready at four and fourteen. For to be, you know, a lot of coordinators don't make it as head coaches. Now, I I don't root against the Jets. I'm more of a Giant fan, but I just think that that's gonna. If he doesn't win one of these next three games, man, he's writing
0: his ticket out. Yeah, Spike, and thanks for the phone call. I got to run here. Yeah, um, look, it, it, it's the it's the story of the NFL, man. It's as Jerry Glanville said once, not for long, right? I mean, NFL, not for long. You don't. It, there's a lot of leagues that it's here today, gone tomorrow. The NFL, it is here today, gone today. It is very tough, and if you are starting out zero three again for an organization that has gone through all the struggles the giant that the the, the, the uh, Jets have gone through here. It's look at how ugly it's already gotten in one week. What do you think two more weeks is going to be like? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up some Yankee news and it ain't good people. We'll tell you what it is next It is the Gordon Damer show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN, New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN, New York tonight. All right, we'll get back to the calls here in a little bit. But I did have uh, some Yankee news. And I, well, I, I, I say ne- it's, it's bad news, but I guess it just depends. You know, there's some people who look at the world as there is no good news, there's, all, there's no bad news, it's just how you perceive it, right? So when I tell you the news that Frankie Montas is going to get an MRI, more details soon, as Brian Hoke just tweeted out uh, about uh, 20 minutes ago, you might say, well, that's really bad news. But, in fairness... You might look at how Frankie Montas is pitched and say, you know what, maybe that's not such bad news. It's not a good sign that your big acquisition pitching-wise at the trade deadline is now going to get an MRI. And he has said that he is kind of optimistic that there's nothing really going on. But it's not good that he has pitched at such a level that you're like, you know what, let's see if there's something on the MRI. It might explain some things like why he's been as bad as he has been. And he did have a shoulder issue earlier this year that kept him out for, I think it was three weeks, uh, July 3rd to the 21st, so about three weeks. And that was one of the issues I had with the trade at the time, a guy that was already hurt. And you're bringing him in here to be what you think is your number two starter. It's funny. Again, I had a lot of people tell me that Frankie Montas just as good as Luis Castillo, and you got him for less of, less of a price. You got a bargain. I have not heard from those people very much recently. I have not heard from those people very much recently. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Roger is in the car. Roger, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show.
1: Uh, yes, hi. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Roger. What's going on?
1: Um, I'm calling because actually, um, oh, shout out to that caller that was talking to you actually about what the Braves doing, or uh, yes, something Spike. historic called, yes. I'm from Atlanta, so I'm a Braves fan, gotcha. although I live in New York now, but, um, I was really calling to chime in on, I think the whole issue with the Giants and the Jets, I think is that the Jets are kind of cursed. I think They're they are cussed. really cussed, like like the like how the Cubs and the Red Sox used to be before they broke through and got right. you know their respective World Series. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's so much what I'm trying to say is I don't think it's not the owner of the Jets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't think that, you know, it's really like the front office it's or not even the people the, that are the head running the coaches. organization. Yeah, I just think that it's the franchise just has bad luck since Joe Namath won the Super Bowl, I just think that franchise is cussed. Because when you go and you look at the Giants, I mean, you know, they had Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin beat the Patriots and got two Super Bowls. And then, you know, I mean, now Brian Dayball is there, got these guys believing and everything and stuff like that. If Saquon Barkley can manage to stay healthy and stuff like that, that would be great. And then all the only thing they have to worry about is just cleaning up the turnovers from Daniel Jones. But this team, you know, the Giants, Big Blue, Harry, in New York, has always, you know, they 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 they've always been been, been a team success, you know, right? throughout some years the that have been a force to reckon with. But gotcha. when it comes to the Jets, yeah. I mean, you hear of Jets fans in the media. Like, my, like like Mike Greenberg and Rich Eisen, they, mm-hmm. these guys are actually even deflated, man. You can kind of feel it. Like, they even feel like like the Jets are cussed. And they are big time. Both of them are big time Jets fans.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Greeny, for sure. And, Roger, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I can chalk it up to being cursed. You know, like, I, I take a look, and uh, I don't know that I'm going to – I mean, if you're saying that they're cursed, what you're saying basically is, like, there's a hex on them. That there's – why, why did you only win four games this year? It was because of the demons. <laughs> it was because of the ghosts. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's on the people that are running the organization. And, and the point that you brought up, you know, the, the Red Sox and the Cubs, they were cursed until they, they finally broke through. How'd they break through? Well, they, they hired people that ran the organization and did a good job and brought in good players and brought in good managers. And all of a sudden, look at that. The curse was lifted. They didn't have to bury any idols on the island of Hawaii. They didn't have to, you know, sacrifice anything at the altar of anything. They didn't have to light any candles. They just simply hired good people, put them in charge, drafted, you know, drafted, traded, signed. They made good moves, and the curse was lit. Look at that. Look at that. I would love to have Woody Johnson go through another season of like this and have the meeting afterwards and, and somebody try to bring up, well, you know, the reason we didn't do well is we cursed. We just we can't. We can't do it. It's not, it's not our fault. Well, then if it's not your fault, what do I need you for? Right? If, you, if you're not able to lift the curse, then I got to go get somebody who's, uh, who's able to lift the curse. It's clearly not. I will say this. Another performance like that, there will be a lot of cursing on Sunday. I can, I can tell you that. But I don't know that the curse, the hex, It was the Demons. Uh, Let's go to Matt in Riverdale. Matt, you're next up on the Gordon Tamer Show.
3: Hey, how are you? I'm good, Um, man. What's going on? Yeah, I just wanted to to touch upon um, how I feel about the Jets. I'm a lifelong fan, unfortunately, and um, I really think that this is never going to get figured out until they get a GM who is the coach. There can't be a (laughs) gap between the GM and the coach, because that's exactly what's happening. I mean, do you agree with me? Well, wait
0: a second. Are you saying you're going to hire a coach who is like the active – like Bill Belichick is essentially the GM in in New England. You're saying you have to hire a coach that has such a reputation that he's the one that's pulling the strings even though there's someone else. You're not saying that there has to be one person who does both jobs? Pretty much,
3: that's what I'm saying, yeah, because this is the problem. You have seen Joe Douglas. He has done a pretty good job of evaluating talent, and then um, you know, fleecing Seattle with that trade. Trades he's, he's done a great. good. GM, yeah, G-
0: you know? great, great but, trades. Terrible free agent signings. The draft has been a mixed bag so far.
3: Yeah, but there's a clear, clearly a big gap between the talent that he's bringing in and then the talent that Robert Sala or the offense coordinator is putting on the field.
0: Well, there, there I, really I would is. agree with you there, Matt. There has definitely been a, a disconnect because if you're telling me, and thanks for the phone call, if you're telling me you're winning the draft, like they've they've raved about the drafts the last two years, but again, they raved about that first draft too. They raved about Makai Becton that first season. They raved about being able to get uh, Denzel Mims in the second round. So that that draft was people were talking up that draft too, and then we've seen how that has gone. And and year two's draft. It'll all kind of depend on the quarterback. And unfortunately, he's out right now. So I hear what you're saying. Every, everybody raved about this draft. So if you're telling me, and these are the things they're saying, when we came on board, it was like an expansion team. But you've now had three drafts to kind of supplement that. And again, the drafts, you've been hot. You, you've had a lot of picks, you've had nine first or second round picks the last three years. And they've been high picks, right? It's not, you've not been picking at the, at the end of the first round. You've been picking at the top of the first round. So, uh, yeah, look, the, the coach is, is going to be called question. The quarterback is going to have to come. And, and you're almost setting it up in a situation where if you start 0-3 and then Zach Wilson comes back, you're almost setting it up like he's got to be the same. We've got to win a game, right? We're going to start 0-4. You gotta, you've missed all this time. We gotta get mo- it gets very, It gets late very early. And if it does get to a, a point this season where you're talking about the problems, again, of being a, a bottom-five team, I think that the coach has to come under question, the quarterback has to come under question, and the GM absolutely has to come under question. Because what do what we talked about in the past with the Jets? Well, you don't want to separate the GM and the coach. They have to be on the same page. Well, the GM picked this coach. this GM picked this quarterback. So if those two guys are not working out, Yes, it's a reflection on those individuals themselves, but it's also a reflection on the GM. This is The Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.